You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 31 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line, it is Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom, how are you? Yeah, always happy to have to catch up. See, so, yeah, I'm doing well, and yourself? I'm not bad. I'm yeah. not bad. Yeah. We, um, we, had a, we, we had a sleepover for my daughter at the weekend. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that was happening. Which it was mad, basically. Yeah, as it should be. Um, so I'm very pleased to say that we did get through that. Um, but in order to try and give my daughter a little bit of time to play with her friends, I took my my youngest daughter to watch Trowbridge Against Devices. Now, this is not yeah. the Wiltshire Senior League podcast, but hopefully listeners who've been with us for a while will remember the fact that I do actually live quite close to Devices and therefore they are my sort of nominated team. Well, they certainly were when we were in the Tool Station mm. Western League. Uh, yeah. And um, I managed to watch a, 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 a sum total of 15 minutes of that game before my daughter had had enough. So it clearly shows that watching football does not run in the family. Juliet absolutely loves it. Betty can't stand it. So there you go. It's like Marmite. I mean, or, or to be fair, that just might be the fact that she doesn't like watching devices. <laughs> Maybe they're like Marmite. <laughs> Who knows? Um, anyway, for anybody interested, it was a one-all draw, but I there doubt very much anybody is. Because what you're interested in is hearing from who we are going to be interviewing on this week's podcast, and that is Alex White, the manager of Clevedon Town, and Dean Horseman, the first-team coach at um, Bishop Sutton. So those are our two um, interviews for this week. Uh, we will kick off, Tom, by talking about the football played on Saturday the 4th of March in the Premier Division, and we kick off at Clevedon Town. We do, and uh, yeah, good a good, uh, good home win for the Seasiders on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, 2-0 they were victorious over Ilfacu. Um Yeah, pretty, yeah, as I say, pretty, pretty decent. Obviously keeping a keeping a clean sheet and and uh, and putting two past the uh, And it was Glenn Hayer who uh, provided assists for both goals. Uh, so he was uh, whipping balls in left, right, and centre on the weekend. Uh, first one came for Cam Salmon, uh, fired in the head in the 19th minute. Uh, and then early in the second half, it was Sid Camper who, uh, yeah, controlled the ball. I took it past a couple of chaps and then scored from the edge of the box. Uh, but that was, yeah, a good another good win for, for Clevedon, 2-0 over Ilfacoon. Certainly was a good win for Clevedon, and that's where I started my interview with Alex White, asking him for his thoughts on the game. Yeah, it was a, a very efficient performance from, from us, really. I thought we were quite comfortable throughout, and we did things very professionally, and... Um, we're, we're decent in both boxes, which is um, something we probably haven't said enough of this season. And it's something we've worked really, really hard on over the last few weeks, particularly in our own box, is to try and shut the door a little bit more because um, we've been a bit too open recently. But I thought, yeah, on Saturday we looked solid as a rock, dealt with everything that Ilfa Coom um, threw at us, albeit um, I think Clem would be the first to admit that his side are, are pretty decimated at the moment with with injuries, so I think we caught them at a good time. But nonetheless, they still posed a threat and they still got good players. Um, uh, yeah, and we just got the job done, really. Could have could have had a couple more, but at the end of the day, anything nil um, is, is a great result for us, especially with the win. Because uh, that's back-to-back wins now, isn't it? And, of course, you had a good point away at Shepton Mallet as well. But you've, um, you have had a few defeats in the month of 
in in the month of February. Mm. So, I mean, what have you made of your form over the last month? Well, since the uh, start of 2023 was an absolute disaster for us, really. Um, coming back after the, the mini break, if you like, we um, got knocked out in the FA Vars, which was heartbreaking the way we went out in that. Um, and then we, didn't, we we lost a lot of games in the league, really. Um, and in amongst that, we, we were completely decimated um, with injuries and suspensions. And oh, we're not quite out the other side, but um, it, it's been there's been some lows. And it's been really, really difficult. And um, in amongst that time, we, we've had to learn a lot about ourselves and slightly tweak what we do. Um, and it's been really hard to recruit. But what we've sort of done in the last few games, and I think the boys are sick to death of my sessions, to be honest, because we've been doing so much defensive work and um, trying to keep the door shut and being structured and difficult to beat. And I think that's been the difference, is we're playing a lot tighter together, more bodies behind the ball. Um, defending set pieces has been a massive issue for us in 2023 the start of it we had on a terrible run over a week or two where we conceded I think it was um, nine set pieces in three games which is unacceptable Um, so we've been working really really hard to to be more resolute and I think we've done that I think we we've the boys have taken on board the way um, that I want us to set up and and work hard and um, we've managed to create a bit of a solid base now because we've got talented individuals who can go and win us football matches so if we can keep the door closed we know we've got a chance in games and I just feel like we weren't really giving ourselves the best opportunities to to go and win games because we were too open um, probably too expansive so we tweaked the system a little bit um, and the mentality of the squad about being harder to beat and yeah it's working over over the last four or five games it's it's four clean sheets in five now, so so that's a positive. So, um, yeah, so hopefully the message is, is getting home and, um, you know, we just need to keep being harder to beat because we've got a real tough run of fixtures coming up. With Again, numbers are pretty small at the moment, but, and, you know, the lads are putting in a br- hell of a shift. Um, but it, it's going to be tough. But, yeah, it, it we're too streaky. We're, we're too streaky as a side. We, we go on winning runs and losing runs, so we just need to... I'm sure loads of sides are saying that, but we just need to remain more consistent, really. Because you played an awful lot of games in February, haven't you? Uh, uh, I mean, has that has that contributed, do you think, to your lack of consistency? It, yeah, it is, because um, when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, relentlessly, um, chucking in a training session in there, we've got under-18 lads in the squad as well who are... Dipping in and out of under 18 games, it's, it's, it's a lot of football for a squad that was purposely kept small at the start of the season anyway. And you know, in hindsight, that was a mistake of mine to to keep it small. But um, lapsed lessons learned, and that is what it is. But mid-season, it's quite hard to recruit and get bodies in. We've managed to get a couple in on dual registration, which has been um, really, really helpful. But the lads are really mucking in and working hard. But it's it's good because you got the games coming thick and fast, but uh, and you can get that consistency, and it's great when you're winning. But when you know when you're losing it or the numbers aren't quite there, it's, cu- it's tough. You sometimes need the break. But yeah, we've had a abnormal amount of games in February, and it looks like we yeah, over the next couple of weeks they're, they're still coming in. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough tough period of the season. We we were at a real low probably over three weeks ago, um, and we managed to ride the storm and come through it, which was going to be the challenge and we're not out the other end just yet we're still very much work in progress and 
um, we're nowhere near where we want to be or the finished article. But the signs are slightly more positive at the moment than they were were so back then. Well, that's the perfect segue into my next question, which is that you're 10th in the table at the moment. So are you looking up or down? I think you always look up. I think I said, and I still remain um, committed to my target being that we've got to improve on where we finished last season, uh, and that was seventh. So I'm setting up a target to finish sixth, and that, that looks a long way off. But it, we've got the ability. We've got the ability in the squad to close that gap and break in. So, and that's going to be really, really tough, don't get me wrong, but we're definitely looking up. We've got a really tough running on paper. Um, we've got to play all the top sides. Um, so we're going to have a massive say, or want us to have a massive say in how the um, how the season finishes for some of those sides at the top. Um, and that's going to be our challenge. But it's, it's definitely a case of looking up and trying to break away, if you like, from this little cluster in mid-table because you know, we've, we've put a couple of good wins together but we've not moved anywhere in the league because it's so congested so mm. we need to try and break away that's going to be the aim the, the league table does make interesting reading though doesn't it actually at the moment because we are seeing that gap between the 8th and 7th and you know one of the things we talk about every season is sort of tables within tables and I wonder mm. whether we can see this season you know that, that actually being in the top 7 of the Western League, you know, they are proving to be the elite teams in the division. Yeah, and, and they deserve to be there, all seven of them. Um, uh, you know, just, just looking through that table, all seven of them have beaten us this season. Um, and uh, a lot of them quite convincingly as well. Uh, we're, not, we're not quite at that level yet because of our consistency. On our day, we are. Um, you know, I can, I can prove that because of the cup runs that we've been on and um, yeah, so I know the abilities there, but it's that consistency and maybe squad depth that they've got that we we haven't maybe. Um, but that you know that's my job to try and get us to that stage with the resources we've got. Um, but you're right, it is a table within the table. So if we're not going to quite be with those big hitters, what's going to be key is to win the mini league, if you like, that's just behind it. So to try and break into that seventh or eighth position, if if that's where. Um, if that's where it takes us. Um, I think it's worth reflecting actually on your FA Vars run um, because, you know, you did exceptionally well. And I know you did, you know, unfortunately, you lost in, in the most unsatisfactory of circumstances, on, which is always on penalties. But, I mean, we are a nation of people who, who lose <laughs> on penalties. So I suppose you can take some comfort from that. Um, but have you had when you have you had a chance to reflect on it and actually appreciate the achievement that Clevedon made on that on that FA Vars run? Yes, uh, yes and no. I think it's a um, it's an amazing achievement to get where it is, and um, again with the resources we got to get to the, the last thirty-two in the country and being um, a couple of kicks away from the last sixteen is. Is an unbelievable achievement, but there's just so much regret really from that game because it, we, it was ours. We were two 0 up um, with a minute before half time and really, really comfortable in the game and playing well. And we conceded a really sloppy goal um, with the last kick of the half, and um, and then we just sort of didn't really get going in the second half, and our penalties were poor. And so there's regret because of what could have been really. Um, and he looked at the tie afterwards as well. Harefield, who um, who beat us on the day, 
took their their next tie to penalties and they were at home as well. So, you know, you always think about what ifs, but it was an amazing achievement to get there and there were some great memories created. And I know that experience will be better for the boys moving forward because uh, I said at the time, although as low as we were, um, you know, you boys will remember this going forwards so that maybe when we're in the next, that time again next time, um, might be this season in the Loves Phillips Cups, which which we're still in and trying to aim to win, that we know how to get through it, we know how to calm ourselves, we know how to manage the situation. So I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. So, um, yeah, you're always looking back and saying, what if, aren't you? Well, I, I, I think you should put a positive spin on it. You know, I think it was it was an achievement for which, you know, you, you certainly won many um, fans uh, and supporters, you know, within the Western League. You, you, you flow the flag very well. And I, I, inevitably with you on the podcast this week, your players will obviously want to listen to what you have to say, but they should know that, you know, they did, they did everybody very proud, including your football club. So they should, I hope that they are able to reflect on that and that achievement. There you go. There's there some positivity for them there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let, let's get into some real negativity. <laughs> um, the um, obviously we know now that the Western Peninsula League is not going to be happening in time for next season. Mm-hmm. What does another season with the current travel distances um, mean for you and your 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 squad? It's tough. Um, it's hard to put a positive spin on it. Um, it was gutting news to be honest because I think we were all looking forward to a regionalised structure from various different reasons from both of the financial side of things um, to get some local games back in in terms of local derbies and I think some of the players were looking forward to maybe some new clubs coming in as well there was a bit of excitement around it and I think it had been so hyped up that it was happening, it was a, a massive blow when the news came through and um, yeah, the reaction pr- pretty much says it all as to the disappointment around um, what, what everyone really thinks. But it's it's going to present a lot of challenges. It, it, if it is just another season, I think you know it, it will become manageable. But we can't keep saying just one more season, just one more season. There's got to be a clear plan moving forward. But you know, that's not for me to talk about. That's for the higher authorities to try and sort. But again, I, whilst I, even though I said it's hard to put the positives on it, I, I'm trying to as much as I can. Um, I'm trying to create a bit of a siege mentality with it now because there's going to be a lot of uncertainty within clubs as to what's going to happen next season. Um, we, we've obviously met as a club to speak about it and I'm delighted that um, our club has a really firm stance on what we're going to be doing next season and you know we're we're going to be mucking through um, and ploughing through uh, with no changes and, and working hard to manage with the resources we've got but yeah, it might be a case of uh, you know from a recruitment point of view using the uncertainties potentially of some of the other clubs and, and trying to Capitalise on that in terms of um, players, um, and you know I don't know what it's going to look like next season. Um, I have predictions as to what it might look like, but now we know what's happening. We're set on it. We're, we've met with the players to discuss what's happening, uh, and made our intentions very clear as to the way we're going to operate next season and how we want to use this as, to our advantage. Um, and geographically, yeah, it, it's going to be a challenge, but if we can get a committed group of players, which is what the key is going to be, a committed group, which I know we've got now, and we have 
um, some more numbers and quality to it, we can actually make this into a real positive, especially with the uncertainty around maybe some of the other clubs. So I'm glad we've met as a club and decided how we want to go. Um, but I, I do feel for a lot of clubs, I really, really do. Um, I, I, I do enjoy the Cornwall and Devon sides. I think they're great days out and I think they've added so much quality to the league. But it, it's a challenge. It really, really is for the North Somerset and South Gloucestershire clubs. Um, let's look back um, at the football um, before we go. And uh, you've got a couple of away days coming up, haven't you? You're away to Sherbourne, mm-hmm. and then it's Millbrook on Saturday. Uh, now, given where these teams are in the league, are you viewing these as winnable games? Showing the ultimate respect to the opposition, I think, yeah, I think we can beat anyone, really, on our day, all the way, looking all the way to the top of the league. I think we're a match for anyone, so... Um, I believe they are winnable, just as, as much as anyone would be. But um, they'll be tough. They'll be really, really tough because Sherbourne, although they've not, you know, they're, they're sort of down the lower end of the table. Their games tend to be very, very tight, um, especially at home as um, you know their place as well. We've got to go there on Wednesday night, so that's going to present its challenges. And we've got a few suspensions knocking about, so that's going to be hard. Uh, and similarly with Millbrook, they're not too far below us in the table. Um, give them a bit of a pacing at our place. So I think it was one of those days, I think 6-0 it was, um, it was one of those days where everything went right for us and probably they'll admit everything went wrong for them. But we know they're really good because we, we've had some tough games against them before and, and going there again with, with slightly lower numbers is going to be tricky. But um, yeah, it'll be two, two good tests for us. Um, hoping to maintain the unbeaten run. Um, again, the defensive side of me says that anything nil would be a good result for us in both games. I want to want to continue that theme, but um, yeah, two two opportunities to to kick on before a really really tough run of fixtures against a lot of the top seven sides. So yeah, exciting times ahead. And my thanks to Alex for his time. Now moving on to the clash. Of the Giants, long-time league leaders Bridgewater United travelled to Mausel. Mausel, of course, have been on an excellent run of form. The irresistible force. Bridgewater have had a bit of a wobble of late, so not quite the immovable object, more the wobbly object. And that's how it proved on Saturday, Tom. <laughs> it did, yeah, that's how, that's how it played out in the end. Uh, a 2-1 win for Mausel, but they had to come from behind to do it. So it was a... Uh, it was the tussle we were looking forward to most, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was yeah pretty pretty entertaining game from from all all theirs. Uh, United, as you said, hadn't been in great form recently, but they did make a, a strong strong start start to this game uh, and went ahead after just 13 minutes, in fact. So that was uh, George King finishing well uh, to put them put them one up, and uh, it, yeah, as I said, it looked like it would uh, that would that that lead would be uh, held on to until the break, uh, but the home side. Got back on level terms right in first half stoppage time. Big goal. Uh, Adel Gafaiti, hopefully I pronounced that one correctly. Uh, he, as I say, he managed to manage to level affairs and, and send the game uh, level into the into the half time. So that was obviously pretty. Yeah, and then uh, during the second half, to be fair to Mazel, obviously we yeah mentioned that they came from behind to win and they did it the hard way. Uh, red card uh, after around 63 minutes, uh, but yeah, soon after they actually went ahead. So the uh, the extra man didn't. Didn't help United in, in this in this in this occasion, and it was an own goal, uh, clipped tipped into the box, the corner, and uh, it was uh, yeah inadvertently put into his own net uh, at the near post. Two-one uh, lead that Mausel then gained, and and they did their best to hold on, and they did just that. So uh, yeah, two-one win for Mausel in the big game uh, at home to the quarter. So they're uh, 
their role continues. And whilst those two top-of-the-table sides were duking it out, our league leaders were racking up yet another win. Saltash at home to Cadbury Heath. Yeah, there's obviously going to be a, a big weekend for them. They obviously knew the uh, yeah what's going on elsewhere, and uh, yeah, they yeah got to work, didn't they? And um, a four-one win for Cadbury Heath, pretty 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 comfortable win uh, for them. Callum O'Brien setting the home side on their way, and then it was Mike Smith. Uh, he took over, scoring twice towards the end of the first half, put them three up at the interval, so pretty much in control at that point. And then it was Smith again early in the second half, obviously completing his hat trick uh, eight minutes after the restart. That was so uh, yeah, and that was. Uh, Putting the game, putting the game to bed at that point. Uh, Tom Withers did get a, a goal back from the penalty spot for the Heath, uh, but uh, that was yeah, that was uh, not obviously going to uh, dent Saltash's uh, victory. And uh, yeah, four-one win, and they rack up another three points. And finally, in the Premier Division, we look at Wellington. Uh, they played Ashton and Backwell. Now, of course, we had five goals at Saltash in what proved to be a relatively routine win for the home side. But this was another five-goal thriller, Tom, with much more drama. Yeah, absolutely. And this was, yeah, five goal thriller, as you say, and it was Wellington who eventually came out 3 2 victors, but a real, real topsy turvy affair. And, uh, yeah, they had to do it, yeah, coming from behind. And uh, they did just that, scoring a stoppage time winner. So it was, it was a very entertaining affair. Uh, they uh, went behind pretty early on in this one. Ninth minute, uh, Ashton and Backwell going ahead through Alfie Cummings. Uh, but then Wellington got back on level terms just for half time, uh, similar to. Uh, Mausel, who we mentioned earlier, and that was uh, Jake Quick converting from the penalty spot to make it one apiece. Uh, it was then Sully McKenna uh, scoring for the second time of the week uh, to put Wellington 2-1 up, so they managed to, to overturn their early deficit. But uh, yeah, Ashton and Batwell definitely weren't, 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 to, weren't to lie down, and it was Shea Bennington Manning, excellent name, uh, scoring scoring a late penalty. Uh, looked, to have, uh, looked to have captured a point for the visitors, uh, but it wasn't to be. Uh, Glenn Wright picking up the ball. Uh, in, in the wide channel before crossing for Tom Burt, who then headed home uh, and uh, yeah, extended Wellington's unbeaten run uh, to nine matches at home now. So they were a real tough, tough place to go. And uh, yeah, they've uh, yeah, managed to pick up another three points. And it was certainly a five goal thriller there. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now we'll turn our attention to the First Division and we'll kick off at Bishop Sutton where they took on... Portis Head. Now, of course, Portis Head have had some pretty good results um, this season. They've been doing well, but uh, they came a bit unstuck at Bishop Sutton, Tom. They did, and it was all, yeah, pretty much over uh, by the quarter mark of this game. Uh, Bishop Sutton, well, completely flying out the blocks. Three goals up, as I say, within 23 minutes. So, uh, game set and match pretty much by that point. Alessandro Policia scoring twice. Uh, oh. Yeah, mate. Brilliant. He's, he's, in, he's in good form as well. He started to score a couple. I know his name keeps cropping up. Uh, and then it was Josh Clark pretty soon after uh, to make it three. But as I say, Bishop Sutton, absolutely excellent start to the, the contest. And uh, yeah, putting a good side putting a good side away, really. Uh, and then it was, yeah, pretty pretty quiet affair in the, in the second half. Rico Best uh, scoring 20 minutes from time to extend the lead to four. And uh, yeah, that takes Bishop Sutton past the 50-point mark. So a uh, fantastic season continues for them. A 4-0 win over Portishead at Lakeview. Uh, Bishop Sutton, they're saving the best till last. 
Now, what was the name of that? Um, what was the name of the, the opening goal scorer? Alessandro Palicia. Now, I can guarantee that anybody who's listening to this who's ever played football manager, <laughs> that's the sort of lower league player that you'd sign automatically for your club. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Anyway, that wasn't the opening question that I asked Dean Horseman. Um, we did reflect it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe next time. Um, an excellent 4-0 win, of course, there against Dan Portishead. And uh, I started by asking Dean whether the, whether the game was as comfortable as the scoreline suggests. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so because we were we were three nil up after twenty minutes, so the game was the game was dead really. Um, yeah, and it could have been a lot more to be fair. But you know what it's like. People take the foot off the pedal when when it's comfy and easy, and we got into a few bad habits and that. But yeah, four nil. It could have been more to be fair. I guess you were well. I guess one of the other positives you can take from the game is uh, is another clean sheet. That's your third in a row. Yeah, three clean sheets, and I think that's five in our last eight games. I think so. Yeah, we're we're doing all right at the back end of the uh, the team. Because that's obviously three wins on the bounce. Um, so what went wrong at Shirehampton? <laughs> oh, just got hammered, basically. Yeah, they caught us on an off day because we've um, before that we had a few like long distance like in the cup going to for Coon, then we were away to Warminster and we had a few away and injuries and it just it just just a disaster game really and it was at the wrong time really because it feels to me when I look at your results it feels to me like you've sort of gone under the radar a little bit you're you're in seventh in the table at the moment i mean do you think that's a fair reflection of where you are this season or do you think you should be higher no not higher we're we're only a little old bishop certain we're doing well with what we got and um the resources we got the money we got we yeah seventh is we're punching above our weight really but i'm not complaining well, it, one of the reasons I ask that is, of course, <clears throat> now we know that the new Western Peninsula League isn't going to happen next season and the playoffs for promotion are back on the table. Obviously, that will involve the teams from second to fifth. So, uh, I mean, is finishing fifth in the first division a realistic target for Bishop Sutton this season? I, I would definitely want to finish it if we could, but obviously it's a big ask because we're seventh and there's sides around us that are good sides so yeah it'd be tough for us to do that getting fifth or sixth but obviously that's the aim that's the aim of the game that we want to get fifth or sixth in getting them playoffs but would the aim of the game be promotion because obviously now I mean interestingly you've had that game against Ilfracombe but that's one of the relatively lesser journeys in the Premier Division is the is the geographical coverage of the Premier Division, something that you think Bishop Sutton could entertain next season? I think that's what the club want. Like, we haven't really spoken about it yet. Uh, We've got a committee meeting tonight, so I'll probably find out more. But realistically, we didn't think we were going to be where we are, just outside the playoffs. So it didn't really get spoke about. But obviously now we're seventh and we're like outside chance, maybe like a slim chance. Yeah, the club will have to speak about it, which I guess that's why the committee meeting's been called tonight, so I'll find out more. 
it, I mean, you're you're a good man to have in that meeting, aren't you? Because of course, in the previous occasions we've spoken, you've been involved in Step Five football, so you understand some of the challenges um, that clubs in and around um, sort of Bath and Bristol have have faced um, uh, with the with the travel. What do you, what are your thoughts on on uh, you know on the future? Do, do you would you welcome the opportunity to continue to come up against sides from Devon and Cornwall, or do you think that realistically having two Step Five divisions is the way forward? I think having two is the way forward personally, because I think for the Bristol sides, it's just killing them. It's killing them. You've got like Bitter non-existent now. Brislington obviously had to come down for financial reasons. And then you look at your teams like Kentsham, Cabareef, and they're the bottom, and I think it's just killed them off a little bit, whereas they could have competed if it was a bit more of a localish, localish league. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of it, really, if I'm honest. I think it's too much travelling. Obviously, if you had the big budgets, you could maybe give it a go and maybe get the players to come and play for you. But, no, I, I, I think it's better to have two, personally. I mean, over the years you've been involved in um, Western League football, you know, you will have obviously had to have fulfilled fixtures in places like, you know, in and around Plymouth, certainly. I mean, what sort of challenges, you know, have you faced um, when you've been involved with clubs um, who've had those travel journeys to make? Yeah, well, when, when I was at Odd Down in Hallam, obviously you were only doing it four or five times. And you'd stay down, you'd have a night out down there, and you'd make a bit of a weekend of it. So players didn't mind. But obviously, when you're going to be doing it, I don't know, 14, 15 times a season, it, I just reckon it's, it's too much. It's too much, I think, for like the level we're at. Like For example, me, I've got blokes that I'll have to have half day off work and I'm not even giving them any money. So what chance have I got, really, to, oh, you have half day off work, say you're self-employed, you lose money. And then I'm not giving you nothing, so... Well, let's move back on to the football. And you've got Cheddar up next on Saturday. Um, now, they're not the force they once were, but um, I, I guess, you know, well, we know that they won't make it easy for you. No, we played them start of the season and it was nil-nil. Um, yeah, on the day we missed loads of chances. But, yeah, I know Tank, the manager, and he'll have them organised in... They work hard and, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. Like, any game in this league is difficult. So, yeah, I'm expecting to go there and get a tough game. But, obviously, with the results we've been having, bar the Shire result, the last month or so has been good for us. So, we'll be going there confident. We're in the club's in a good place, i.e. the team. The camp's happy, and we just can't wait to see each other again and get playing again. So, which is a good sign. No, that's an excellent sign. I mean, I know you take an interest, obviously, in matters towards the top of the table. Do you do you have a feeling in your water for who you think might be our league champions come the end of the season? It's going to be Perez, I think, personally. But with the players they got, the money they got, yeah, so they should be. If they're anything but them winning it is a failure in my eyes but we haven't played Wells yet so I don't know a lot about Wells so I can't really comment on them but no, if I had to if I had to have a bet I would say Brislington will win the league because 
yeah, they're not letting their goals in. They're scoring for fun. They're beating everyone. So, yeah, no, I would say Brisbane's going to win the league if I got a guess. And have you been impressed by how well Nailsy and Tickenham and Oldland Abertonians have been doing this season? Yeah, um, obviously we went to Nelsey, uh last year. Well, yeah, in 2022, and we got hammered 7-1. So, yeah, I was impressed with them. Very impressed with them, with what I've seen. That's only the second or third time I've seen them, obviously, when we played them. And, yeah, they were very good. Oldland, I think they're another good side. They beat us twice this year. Tough games. They were tough, close games, but... Yeah, I think they're a good side as well, Oldland. I've been impressed, and I've said to people before, they're playing with what Oldland are doing. They're going in the right direction. Good side. And my thanks to Dean for his time. Right then, we'll go to Gillingham. We we do love a five-goal thriller on this week's episode of the podcast, and we've got another one. Gillingham Town against Radstock Town. And, uh, well, the, the scoreline, Tom, was nearly as, in, uh, nearly as interesting as the fact that um, Tony Incenzo, of course, the, uh, the, the don of non-league football, was at this game. Well, he would have, uh, would have enjoyed this one if he, he stayed to the end because uh, Gillingham coming from two down uh, to, to complete an incredible comeback, a 3-2 win uh, over Radstock, who we, uh, well, well, we well know have been in, yeah, absolutely cracking form. Miners' uh, recent turnaround has been, yeah, pretty dramatic, hasn't it? And they were... Yeah, looking like they were at it again on Saturday afternoon. Jacob Bird and Matt Kernett scoring in the first half, putting them two up at the interval. Uh, yeah, but to be fair to, to the home side, they obviously came back into it. And, uh, yeah, they, yeah. And uh, having beaten Shirehampton in midweek, it must be said as well, this, uh, yeah, completes a real good, real good couple of days for them. Uh, goal on the hour mark from Jordan Clapp um, pretty much got them back into the game. And then James Boyland with a set piece 20 minutes from time uh, got them back on on level terms and uh, yeah it was all, all to play for in the final moments and it was Max Westlake scoring scoring what turned out to be the winner and yeah pretty incredible turnaround at Woodwater Lane so uh, a 3-2 win for Gillingham over Radstock absolutely fantastic stuff now of course in the Premier Division we reflected on that top of the table clash two heavyweights and the First Division served up its own version of that Nailsey and Tickenham took on Wells City and you couldn't put anything between these two sides Tom no, absolutely. It was uh, it was a two-all draw. So uh, yeah, points shared and both remain firmly in the title chase. Uh, it's yeah, it's going to be anyone's anyone's. Uh, it's really up for grabs, isn't it? Uh, but as I say, no one could no one could pull away in this fixture. Uh, Wells did go ahead on both occasions uh, or two occasions, should I say? But uh, Nailsy coming back into it uh, and managing to to grab a share of the spoils. And it was Adam Wright scoring both of uh, Wells's goals. Uh, the first cancelled out by Luke Osgood, uh, and then after, uh, as I say. Wells had scored again uh, during the final 15 minutes, so it looked like they might come away of all three points. It wasn't to be. Uh, Jacob O'Donnell uh, leading the instant response, so uh, grabbing a point for the Swags. And, uh, yeah, no, but, well, nothing between them, as you say, but a, a real, real entertaining fixture, as uh, no surprise at all. And our final game in the First Division saw Warminster Town taking on high-flying Brislington, and the Brislington machine continues to rack up another win, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And they took advantage of the uh, the two sides we just mentioned, obviously, uh, well, dropping a couple of points in theory. And, uh, yeah, Brisington picking up all three, a 2-0 win uh, at Warminster, and they've gone top, new league leaders. Uh, obviously, it wasn't, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a particularly uh, easy contest for them, but a 2-0 win, uh, it was enough to, yeah, enough to, to go top. And it was Oakland Buck scoring scoring twice on this occasion to put them, put them two goals to the good, and they, uh, yeah, 
held on and uh, grabbed grab the three points, which is uh, put, them, uh, put them at the summit. Excellent stuff. Right. Uh, we will take a look ahead to the upcoming fixtures on Saturday, the 11th of March. And in the Premier Division, Tom, where have uh, wh- wh- what game have you picked out? God, I'll need to see if Bridgewater can bounce back. Uh, so obviously uh, they now host Shepton Mallet, which is not going to be an easy game by any, any means. Uh, another stern test for for United to see if they can spark something over the final couple of months. And uh, yeah, I think it's a, a big home game for them, isn't it, to get get three points and uh, yeah obviously uh, now they're going to be doing a little bit of chasing so uh, yeah be interesting to see how they get on against the Mallet side who we well know could yeah wouldn't be a shock if they went and won there, let's put it that way so uh, yeah pretty pretty big game uh, at Fairfax on, on Saturday afternoon yeah I think you're absolutely right there because I think if Bridgewater can't get three points there then their title aspirations really are looking pretty dented you went for a Somerset. Uh, you went for two Somerset sides. I'm going to go for two Devon sides. Barnstable Town at home to Buckland Athletic. Buckland, of course, beaten by Welton Rovers at the uh, at the weekend. I'm sure they'll want to bounce back after that. They'll face very stiff opposition against Barnstable Town. I'm absolutely sure of that. So I think that game will be very, very competitive, and I'm sure um, there'll be a, a huge amount of interest in that as well. So I'm sure it'll be well, well supported. Um, what about the first division, Tom? What games caught your eye there? I have gone for Radstock versus Nelsie and Tickenham. So it's another of the uh, the title title challenges uh, visiting. Yeah, the informed miners obviously came came unstuck on on Saturday. Radstock, but they've uh, yeah they've been been flying recently. A young team, and uh, yeah, it'll be a, a good good test for them uh, taking on Nelsie and Tickenham, who definitely know at the back of the net. Is we're 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 certain about that. So uh, yeah, I think there'll be goals in this one. Uh, yeah. Intrigued to see how it goes on. And I am going to go for Wincanton Town against Wales City. Two sides not a million miles apart from each other. Um, Wales, of course, going very well. Wincanton, probably by their very high standards, not done as well this season as they would like. But they're always competitive. We know that from having Chris Wise on the podcast. And um, that's a game that I'm sure, certainly at home, they'll fiercely not want to lose. So I think that would be a very well-contested game too. Um, two really top first division sides there coming up against each other. Um, so that is the football on Saturday, the 11th of March. Uh, now then, um, we did the league tables last week, although, of course, um, you know, we're now getting into that very exciting time in the season where things are changing on a game by game basis. Mm-hmm. Um, we will look at them next week, but this week, Tom, we will look at the leading goal scorers. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. So if we uh, we'll go for the uh, all competitions leaders, I think this week. Uh, so if we look at that, obviously incorporates league and cup goals and uh, both divisions. So uh, we've got Scott Bamford of Shirehampton leading the way. I think he's up to 33 now. So these stats are courtesy of the uh, FA Full Time website. So uh, yeah, he's the only man past 30 at the moment. Then got Luke Bryan of uh, Odd Down uh, on 28, uh, and then quite a few guys on on 26. We've got Jack Fawn, who's played for both uh, Bridgewater and Nailsey this season. He's on 26, and say. Adam Wright, a couple more goals for him on the weekend, uh, propped him up to 26 as well. And then Curtis Damarell of uh, Torpoint, who is the leading scorer in the uh, in the in the first in sorry in the Premier Division uh, for league goals. He's on 26 in total. So uh, yeah, that's your that's your top five. And then you've got plenty of other guys who've just reached the 20 mark. In fact, uh, Sasha Tom of Bristol on 24, and Hayden Turner of Mousel uh, on 22. And then yeah, a whole bevy of uh, goals flying in as we know. And uh, yeah, plenty of uh, goal scorers. Uh, adding their names to the list, uh, always evolving, uh, definitely. 
Excellent. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you so much for that. We have, of course, been reviewing your excellent um, bulletin. And just in case anybody wants to find that, where can they do that? They can do that uh, by going to the uh, Tool Station League website. Uh, and it's, uh, if you scroll down a little bit, it's on the, the left hand side. Uh, you can tap that and get that out, uh, get that every uh, weekend. Uh, it comes out after the, after the games on the Saturday generally, and uh, short write up of the the games and as I say, league tables, top goal scorers and whatnot, and uh, looks ahead to the week ahead. So um, yeah, that comes out every week, and that's on the Tour Station League official website. Wonderful stuff, Tom. Thank you so much for your time as always, and I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>